The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. When there's a story that's really alive and full of something, then it's something that wants to grow. It's something that you identify with. It's something that feels light. The thing that delights me so much in this work is this sort of simplicity of how do you hold on to an idea to being something that becomes how you navigate until it becomes a commitment that you just, you live and then you stay with it and then you identify with it until there's no gap between you and it. And at that point, your body holds the idea for you. You don't need to think about it. That's how you decide. You decide in reference to that commitment because it feels like home. It's energy, it's pain if you don't listen to it or power if you do listen. It's a wonderful chaos, random, messy and glorious. Solo or tandem? We work to find rest, we fight to find peace. Both head and the heart, like a nephew and niece. What are we doing here? You mean listening to this show? Where the more that you learn is the less that you know. Where the wounded are healers and the atheists pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. Da 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 da. Hi guys, Andy is very cheerful. We are on today with our dear friend, Charles Davis. Yes, we are. We're going to talk about how to make clear decisions. <laughs> so it took us a few months to get Charles to join us on this couch. Why, I, why is that, Mr. Shader? I think I think he, he wanted to see what was going to become of us. I think he sort of thought, nice, fun thing you guys got going. Let's see where you take it. You amateurs. And and I think he watched one or two episodes that he actually enjoyed. And he said, you know what? That would be fun. Oh, which one did he watch? Because- you know, he enjoyed one very recently. I really enjoyed it. He he shared that he watched the our impersonal personal, mm-hmm. our, our show on Monday a week ago, I guess. Yeah. And he said he really enjoyed it. And that was really nice. He called me and said he really had a, a good uh, a good time watching it. So nice. And um and and it's really sweet because there's uh I think in my life, there's people that come in and leave, come in and leave, and they're never really gone. That we're just not necessarily doing anything together at that moment. So I talk to Charlie, I'd say once every two to three months, mm. just to call him to hear what he's doing. And he's always far more ambitious than I am. So it's always nice to hear someone who's taking their their thoughts and their feelings and their energy and then a pushing it in a direction to create some systems or ways of growing or thinking. What he's, what he's done is he's created a lot of coursework on how to be clear. The course is called How to Be Clear. How to be clear. And whenever I talk to him, I always say, hey, you know, I'm always a bit abstract in my thinking. I'm like, it either feels good or it doesn't feel good. And then I do the things that feel good, so I feel clear. And he always says, no, no, Andy, it isn't that clear. <laughs> or something. He explains to me the science behind a lot of how I how I'll make my own decisions. Nice. So that's. Uh, Are you able to explain the emotions behind how he makes his decisions? You know, 
he and I, he'll share what he shares and sometimes I'll listen, but I never truly understand everything that he's uh, uh, trying to explain to me. Okay. And, and not because for any other reason that he goes, he has such a more detailed way of doing things than I do, but I'm sure on the show, it'll be simpler for me. And I'll, we have a whole hour to discuss. I want to be five years old. Like I've got a new thing. I want to be five years old on the show. You're going to be like, I think that was the, it wasn't, it was the movie Philadelphia when he said, explain it to me like I'm five years old or something. I haven't seen that movie. It's a sad movie. Is it with, um, it's with the, um, American actor that won a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Incredible. In fact, his the song, the Philadelphia song sung by um uh, Phil Collins? No, it's not an eighties, uh an eighties movie. Uh Bruce Springsteen. It's one of my favorite songs. It always brings tears to my eyes. Um outside of everything that he's done, which is lived the kind of what I consider a bit of an alternative life, he's been a stand-up comedian in the Arctic which does feel like almost a, a joke in itself. Stand-up comedian in the yes, Arctic. So he was in the Arctic doing stand-up comedy. Do you he, think we can trick him into doing... Possibly, but great. I'm not sure. He uh, he learned most of the things in his life, as he said, from a Russian music, Svengali. And he'll have to explain to us what the word Svengali means because I don't have a dictionary nearby. And um, and yeah, and and he just told me right before we came on, he said, it would be fun to introduce how we met. And I said... What do you mean how we met? I have no idea. And we actually met at Case's funeral. So we met at Case's funeral the first time, which was a bit of a dizzying experience for me. And he said we met and talked on the roof. So that's how we first got introduced to one another. Yeah. I met him in your kitchen. Oh, wow. I remember. He said he didn't want to work with us. Remember that? No. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember. And actually, you were so right to have said it then, because basically what I remember you saying is, guys, I don't see the initiative and the desire enough from any single individual to hold the space and carry this forward so that I trust. It was too much of a democracy. And uh, and I loved because later on in my time, I said, he's right. Unless you got one person driving to make sure that this thing succeeds, it always fails. Yeah, it felt like I didn't understand what it was. And uh, it felt like you were like, well, does someone want to do this? And it was like, well, if you don't, then I don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very nice. So nice to have you, my friend. Yeah, really nice to, to be here. You yeah. have for a long time been discussing making clear decisions, right? For me, my sort of path was starting out as a journalist, as an editor, people coming with stories and me having to choose like actually make decisions there of like, is this in or is this not in? Mm-hmm. And the way you'd end up doing it, was, it, it's like, well, is this us, you know, like as a magazine, is this the sort of thing that we would do? Yeah. But that's, that's a kind of deathly way of choosing. And I could always feel like there's something else. There's something like in a story that's really alive. It's almost like there's a, a quality that's in all the stories that are really alive. Mm-hmm. And about two, three years after I stopped being a journalist, I had this like one moment where I was at home and I grabbed this piece of fluorescent paper and I drew out these symbols of like a heart and a hand and um, a little, like some little circles to be like a crowd and a flower and a this and this. And I was like, ah, okay, I've got the things, you know, like when there's a story that's really alive and full of something, then it's something that wants to grow. It's something that makes sense. 
it's something that you identify with. It's something that uh, feels light, right? Mm. And I started to use these things as kind of criteria or like questions. So someone would come with a project and they'd say, oh, I'm thinking of doing this and this. And so I'd say, okay, well, does it feel light? Does it want to grow? Is it you? And I had this little set of questions. And again and again, it would work. Not, not to like, oh, and now we'll write a story about it. But like people would actually tune into what their idea really was, what mm. their project really was, where the life in the project really was. And so over years, I refined and refined this process, which is a very clear ideas process. I have the very clear ideas process. Uh, I've still um, got other cards you gave me from the years past. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and it's, so it's these little questions that you just go through with any... Um, any idea you have any project you're working on where um the sort of most refined version of them now is just that you're starting on something and instead of just going like oh i'm gonna write a book or like oh i need to go and go do some shopping or i think i want to go on holiday you have you get the idea you know you imagine you're there doing the thing yeah and then you ask yourself is this what i need is this what i want is this what i demand is this what I love? Is this what I wish for? Is this what I dream of? Is this what I live for? But okay, sorry. Can I ask? Because you're you, you as you as you've just described that, and I hear it in my head. Mm. So I and this is weird because you know I'm always going to reflect back to you what's going on in me, so you can see. I get confused with those questions. Yeah. So if I if I say, oh, I see that place, and I want to go there, then I would just go there. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah, you probably oh. don't need. It's fine. No, 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 no. That's not the point. But, oh, okay. I'm, no, but so I'm asking you, like, would you say that it's, I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> okay, good. Just to make that clear. So, so is it, is it, I'm going to ask myself these questions when there are things in my thought process that I'm not deciding around so that I can make, so that I can make those decisions. So yeah. it's, it's really where I'm not able to make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's when the f- there's you can feel the frustration okay. or you can feel the ambition. You can feel the something in you that is like, I've got to do something. And you maybe have the idea of like, I think this means I should go, uh, I should start a company, you know? Yeah. But the feeling doesn't relax. The feeling isn't like... Oh, good. He heard us. You know, yes, that's the right. And and you don't do anything about it. There's an I think and you don't act on it. Or or you start, but you're kind of pushing through treacle. You okay. know, like are you writing your book. Yeah, I'm sort of writing my book. You know, like, how's your yeah. company? Yeah, it's, um, you know, and you can kind of feel that even though you're putting energy in, there's resistance there. Got it. Yeah. And so it's like a systematic way of clearing away any resistance. Nice. As I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm still confused as to under what context would you use these questions? Can I, can I, can I, can I share a story and then have that yeah. play into this? It's interesting because Ronnie and I are very different around how we go around uh, decision making. I, if I had to explain it, I would say I'm big picture thinking all the time and re- Ronnie's very detail oriented. Uh-huh. So, like, mm. I'll say, I want to live in the countryside. 
and yeah. I want to be near nature. Yeah. And I'm and I'm imagining an experience. And then she says, well, is it this location or this location or this location? And I'm like, I can't tell you what the location is because it might be the location, but the wrong house. But I might find in the w- weirdest place, I might cre- I might have that experience and then that's okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, in some funny way, I, I've often seen, and I don't know how this would equate with your modeling, which is why I share, is that I'm like, oh, I have the intention to live in there. I don't have any resistance. And now I put out feelers to see where I feel like I'm drawn to. And I'll know when I'm there as long as I allowed myself to be open. Mm-hmm. She'll want to control the process and uh, sometimes get frustrated that we can't manage it uh, as well as she'd like to. Yeah, yeah. So... Was there a question or should I just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the psychoanalysis of what I've described to you. Is that having it? Is there something that you would run as a process through that between the two of us where you'd say, oh, this is where you are with it. This is yeah. how the system might help someone like me. This yeah. is how it might help someone like Ronnie. Nice. So if you put the questions to one side, where it starts is it's kind of like how to work with uh, a commitment that you have. Mm-hmm. So like, in that moment where you're like, ah, oh, you know, I want to live in the countryside and it looks like this. What's really happening is there's a kind of commitment in you that you've noticed. Mm. It's like it's there already. It's not like you, it's not someone's told you, you need to live in the countryside. There's this something that you're holding on to. Yeah. You know, and I think it's always like that. Like before the idea comes, there's the kind of holding. Yeah. Of like, oh, I need to, I need to. And someone says, you know, someone says, oh, do you want to come do this stand up comedy show? You're like, yes, yes, that's it. That's it. And the bit of you that's been holding on goes, oh, thank God I've been heard. Mm. And it's almost like there's two ways that you can work with those commitments. What I hear the way you're saying it is like, it's almost like you don't need the idea bit. You just go sort of straight from the feelings there and then the action comes from it. You know, it's almost like patience, and then you're like, oh, a house, all right, I'll move in there in the country. Good, done. But sometimes it's useful to be able to um, express it and and maybe get down into the detail of it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe be able to put it in words so you can meet someone else in in their commitment and what mm-hmm. they're holding on to. And, and so, like, all of this work, all of what I do, it's it's like how to how to relate to what your commitments are, how to relate to what you need, how to listen for what you need, mm-hmm. kind of how to notice, you know, like we hold our commitments as tension in the body, right? You kind of hold on to an idea almost physically. So it's like how to notice the, that tension, how to interpret it, and how to act on it. Mm-hmm. Just not being willing anymore to kind of feel the the sort of frustration or resistance or doubt or whatever and then kind of push myself to ignore it where in your life have you seen you use these tools and how has it benefited you um this this house Uh. that, that i'm living in now um i needed to move uh and so i sat down and thought like okay did you know like you you do of like oh i want to live in the countryside like where do i want to live and i get a kind of rough image of it but then by asking the questions i'm like okay where do i need to live and i'm like all right somewhere with space and light you know like 
okay, but where do I want to live? Ah, okay, somewhere where it's a bit special, where, you know, da, 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 okay, but where do I demand to live? And it's like, ah, okay, has to have this, has to have this. And it like, it becomes more and more like this really precise brief. And so kind of running from where you would be to where Ronnie would be of like, I want to live somewhere that's beautiful and it has to have this kind of tap and, uh, you know, these many plug sockets or something like get the full picture because it was so clear instead of going and looking at a hundred different estate agent sites and then going and visiting a hundred different flats. Mm. I, I just went through the listings and it was like, no, 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 no. Is that one? Yes. Ring them up. I'm like, can I see it? Like, well, COVID, you can't see it. It's like, oh, sorry, I'll take it anyway. And they're like, well, we're going to see some other people. I'm like, I don't care. I want it. And and they came back and they're like, ah, oh, well, there's this problem. There's this problem. And like, rather than, and there's, you know, I felt they're like, oh God, oh, man, it's not going to work. But because the commitment was so strong, because the idea was so clear, I was like, I do not want to do these, you know, oh, this, I'm going to have to call this person. I'm going to have to work that thing out or don't, you know, I'm going to have to stretch to make this thing work. But there was no doubt. It's like it has to be this this wow. house, it has to be this flat, and so um, it's like the commitment was really wholehearted and without doubt mm-hmm. because I've done a little bit of extra work of making it clear. Yeah, yeah, and so then the then action that wouldn't. I know that if I hadn't done that, I'd have looked at ten flats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'd have got to that point where they're like, "Ah, oh, sorry, man, it's not going to work," and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, that's a shame." But it's like, no, no, this yeah. is I, this is happening, whether you like it or not, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've often said to Ronnie, so now we've set our intention to be in the country. Now mm. we have to educate ourselves on what it is that where we sense that this is where we're comfortable. And so, of course, we've done our search on the real estate. We've looked at the houses and discussed the specifications you're mentoring. Like, does it have to have two or three bedrooms? Does yeah, it have yeah. this? Does it have that? So we've done that. And it was kind of interesting because um, as as you were talking right now, I also realized there's something else that I'm always doing is I need to know when I can say yes wholeheartedly. And mm-hmm. I need to know enough to know when I can say yes wholeheartedly. So in the weird way, as soon as I commit, I'm educating myself so that when the real opportunity hits, I say yes in the second, not yeah. a week later. It's like we're in the house and we're like, how do we sign the contract? Where the real estate said, well, hold on. What do you mean? Like, no, how do we get this house immediately? Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling, of course. Yeah. Flora sent us something. The towel that can be spoken about is not the real towel, as some people say. Writing down clarity may also kill the life within it. And at the same time, we tend to forget slash lose our direction and we don't have clarity. Yet this clarity must also be a living thing. Paradox. Floris, um, I think it's uh I think you're speaking nonsense. Let's just move on to the next statement. I think that'll delight Floris. Uh I I um I couldn't agree with Floris anymore. I think the saddest thing in life, and I think we've discussed it, is that um you're so clear in your heart, you're so clear in your head, and now you just feel in flow. And then the society around you starts wanting you to validate it, to justify it, to explain why it has to be that way in the form that you've created. And then all of a sudden, you're in the state of having to defend something that you don't even need or want to defend. But you, you don't do that, though, do you? No, no, I don't. But I'm saying society does. 
have but, you, have, do you feel that pressure? Never. But no, but, exactly. but then what but, are you talking about? Okay, no, no, I'm talking about everyone that I work or coach with. Because oh, someone okay. says someone says to me, Andy, uh, I just decided I'm going to do this course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be a master Reiki uh, practitioner. Yeah, and then they're all excited about it, and then they go to tell their boyfriend, "I'm going to be a masty rake." Why are you doing that? <laughs> What's oh, the right? No, no, no. So this is great. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Yeah. Um, like, What's a bad thing? The the like that you were saying, sort of, that you have society and you have to justify yourself to them, and da da da. I think it's mm. great, right? Because what I think happens is when you when you have that first uh, idea. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to become a Reiki master. Yeah. That's like one part of you gets excited. Yeah. Like it might be your idealistic self or your emotional self or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But you might not have taken a full kind of walk around the idea. Right. Okay. So you've looked at it from the perspective of idealism and emotion. Pure excitement. Right. But you haven't looked at it from practicality, say. Yeah. And and so what happens when the, the boyfriend comes and he's like, oh, I don't know why you're doing that. It doesn't make any sense. It's going to cost loads of money. No, 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 no. You're like, oh. And that's not a bad thing. Mm. It's, because it's a chance uh, for you to get clearer. What it means is in that moment, totally. in that moment, your practical self is like, you didn't ask me, did you? You know, it's like the boyfriend doesn't really exist. It's it's your practical self suddenly being woken up and being like, oh, hi, guy. Um, we decided we're doing a Reiki course uh, and it's going to cost loads of money that we don't have and it's going to be in a different city and it's going to take loads of time. It means yeah. we can't. And the practical self's like, what? what, what? Oh, are you kidding? Like, why? No, that's not going to work at all. What about this? And, da, da, da. Yeah. and basically comes with all the other commitments mm-hmm. that you've forgotten to take into account. Yeah, but you're 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 totally right. And I think it's missing the point, because when that boyfriend says it to the wife or the or the girlfriend, right, that boyfriend just became her father. So we're really not even talking about the the decision making. We're talking about the inability of an individual to make peace with that, with the fact that the boyfriend isn't the is is representing the mommy daddy issues that they have in the house. You know what I mean? It's almost always a mommy daddy issue, as far as I can see. So you're saying that I'm saying he's right, but but I see that the, what, what 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 my challenge always is he's right in the perfect world because I always think that the dynamic between people and society is they haven't made peace with their own shadow. So when I say to you, "Why are you doing that?" then the, the voice that comes up in the person's <laughs> head is the parent that didn't love them. And then they start saying, oh, I'm now not being loved by my partner. So instead of it becoming, like you say, a clear decision, it's become a, a fight around, uh, around you know, why I haven't healed from daddy issues. And she's probably a six-year-old. She's regressed to an earlier version of herself, for instance. I just, I just never go there. It's like, um, uh, I, it, it, to me, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. Like the whole thing of like mothers and fathers and regressing and da da da. It's I I, I just don't care. Like, well, I mean, I would like not to care. But what happens when the woman is angry at the husband or the girlfriend or boyfriend? Right? Doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And and that's the issue that's not being spoken about. Well, it, like the, the the bit that I care about uh-huh. is that whenever there's 
frustration mm-hmm. or anger or enthusiasm or whatever it might be it's something that you've committed to trying to make itself heard you know it's something that you need trying to you know uh yeah. get what it needs yeah and so so long as you can interpret that and listen for what it's asking for and then act on it then it's all good yeah and if you can't then then it's trouble and that's it. It doesn't matter about why. Who cares if it's because of mummy issues or daddy oh, issues? I, I, that, that's just a way of, uh, of creating a very simple generalization. Yeah, I cool. got you. Great. But like, it's just, if the, fe- if the feeling is there, it knows. You know, it knows. Like, if there's a doubt there, it's not mm. right. It's always because there's something else that you're holding on to, that you've committed to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, I'm going to do the Reiki course. And, and the bit of you that's like, oh, no, it's a stupid idea. You know, you're not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Is the bit that is committed to keeping you safe? Or is the bit mm-hmm. that is committed to, like, making sure that you're liked or that you're not too busy or, yeah. the, you know, whatever it might be? And so for me, it feels like the, the practice, you know, when it comes to being clear, is just sort of trying to catch yourself and, and switch in that moment to just listening for the feeling and what, what it, what it wants. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so the tools that I've developed, you know, the, the clear ideas and the other things, they're just, they're all that it's all just like, how can I listen to listen for, you know, be clear in my listening, be clear in my interpretation and be clear in acting of Mm -hmm. the things that I'm committed to. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When I hear you talk, it's funny. I, I hear uh, a higher functioning individual who clearly has a, a vision of where they want to go. Meaning um, I've noticed in my, at least in my experience that, that people often are so uh, internally constricted dealing with the, uh, I'm going to use Catherine's Sheridan's uh, terminology with this inner critic that even making the decisions are having a lot to do with overcoming the inner critic rather than just knowing how to, because there's the logical self, the self that says, I can logically say why this is the best decision to make. But then there's that emotional self that's always uh, sabotaging it because of the inner inner critic. I, I don't believe that. Oh, nice. No, okay. no. So what am I missing there? What do you, what do you see? So, what you're saying is someone has something that they want to do. They're like, you know, a new idea. Like, yeah. oh, I want to buy a yacht. Yeah. And then what you're saying is then there's something that stands in the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Say an old idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shouldn't buy a yacht. You know, uh, keep your, save your money or something like that. Okay. What, ha- what I hear in how you're talking about and how people talk about those things generally is it's like the new thing is good. And the old stuff is, you know, self-limiting beliefs or pathologies or mummy daddy issues or inner critic, whatever, right. the, whatever it is. Yeah. I just like get, shove all of that away. Like okay. forget any sort of charge or loadedness of like this half and that half. It's just new idea or old idea. You know, the new idea is buy a yacht and the old idea is save all your money. Okay, mm. and they're, they're, it's, it's great. They're both great. 
you know, they're both good things. Buy, buying yachts, lovely. Saving your money, lovely. At a certain point, you committed to saving all your money mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. And now today, you're like, oh, I want to buy a yacht. And in that moment where you kind of try to make that new commitment to buying the, uh, the yacht, the old commitment raises its hand and is like, do you remember that we decided we we're going to save all our money because we want to be safe or we want to buy a house or, you know, whatever it might be. And in that moment, you can go like, oh, it's a mommy, daddy, inner critic issue, da, 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 da. And then you get into this whole thing and you have to like, you know, go back through your history or you beat yourself up for not being clearer or whatever it might be. Or you just go, oh, okay, new commitment, buying yacht, old commitment, saving money. And then you just have to choose. Like if you can look at them plain, just plainly without charging them good or bad or anything like that, you've just got two commitments that you can play with. And the sort of simplest version of it is just going like, okay, well, the thing of saving the money, does that still stand today? You know, like, yeah, it's been my commitment for 20 years to save as much money as I can. Today I want to buy a yacht. Does this one still stand? And it might be like, no, no, it doesn't. I'm going to buy a yacht. And then that one is like, oh, okay, great, fine. I'm off duty. Or you might be like, oh, God, yes, still stands. Have to save all the money. Like, uh, do I need the yacht? No, I don't actually need a yacht. Like, why did I get excited about the yacht? Oh, because it's fun and new and made me feel good. And it's like, well, okay, I'll find a fun, new, feel-good thing to do that also saves me money. You know, I'll, uh, I'll get employed to sail on a yacht or whatever it might be. But it's like, for me, it feels like so much clarity is destroyed by adding those layers of talking about things as, you know, pathologies or self-limiting beliefs or inner critics or any of that. So as you talk, I completely agree. I mean, this is my life. And and yet, you know, I, I would say uh, I'm a Buddhist until I become a Taoist, meaning that, yes, life is struggle. But as soon as all my struggle is gone, things are just are as they are. Meaning that a Taoist would often, and I, and I summarize in my simplicity, they just state things as they are. It just is. This just is. Mm-hmm. And so w- when I hear you speak, I hear very much a Taoist way of looking at the world. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But one, in my own experience, I don't know if I could have lived what you're sharing with me right now if I didn't clear out all that shit because that shit was deciding the decisions I was making and my decisions weren't good. But it's not shit. None of it was shit. Okay. It's not shit to clear out. It's just it's just how well are you listening to all of the things, you know, and that you've ever committed to? Like uh how well are you kind of keeping <clears throat> account? of which ones to hold on to and not to hold on to. They're not shit. Like, uh, th- like they might've been great in the moment. Oh, oh. It, might be, it might just be, you found something better. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Some shit because you found something that's more important to you. No, I got it. Yeah. So you're not adding a good or bad value to the, to the actual thing. Not at all. Like I, the thing that delights me so much in this work is this sort of simplicity of how do you hold on to an idea? That's the thing, right? When uh, 
you see um, an advert and it says, uh, going on holiday to the Bahamas. You might be like, oh, I really want that. And then, you know, your phone beeps and you're like, oh, and then like, oh, I need to answer those emails and you forget about it. You know, in that moment, you saw the idea. You're like, oh, I'd really like that. But it goes. Yeah. How do you hold on to the idea? Because, you know, in the moment, I was like, I really want to go on holiday to Bahamas. but get distracted. Da, 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 right? mm. If you go to a, um, a Buddhist meditation session, it's the same thing. Right? You have the, the teaching at the beginning. And they'll say, like, it's um, better to be loving than to hate everyone. And you're like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. They're like, So, you know, the rest of the week, the rest of your life, you should be loving and not hate everyone. You're like, oh, man, yeah, I can feel it. And that really feels good. Right. Okay. Oh, that's the end of the class. You're like, hey, what are you doing? You know, you've parked in my spot, you know, and it's gone. Yeah. And so in both of those things, the question is like, how do you hold on to an idea? How do you switch it from being like, oh, that's a nice thing. Oh, I lost it again to being something that becomes how you navigate, you know, how, until it becomes a commitment that you just live, you live, you know? Yeah. And it's clear to me that it's this really simple process, holding on to an idea, right? And in the sort of the meditation practice that I've learned is this thing of placement meditation, right? Which is that you do the first bit, the analytical meditation, which is like, uh, being loving is better than being uh, hateful because when you're hateful, you don't really see what's happening. When you're loving, you're kind of connected to the world. Uh, when it comes to getting anything you want, you kind of have to be connected to the world because that's where everything comes from. So, uh, you know, if you're loving, you see clearly and you're happy. So it's better to be there. And you're like, oh, okay, I feel it. Good. But it's no good to get the sense of it because then your mind will wander off to the next thing. You know, it's like thoughts isn't where we keep that stuff. But in that moment, you're like, oh, I feel it. Like, oh, yeah, right. Ah, oh, this, I can identify a bit with this possibility of being the sort of person who is l more loving than full of hate. Mm -hmm. And so then you have this second bit, which is placement meditation, which you sit with and hold for as long as possible the feeling of that. Not the logic, not the analysis, or anything like that, just the feeling. Mm -hmm. And if you hold it for long enough, you go through these stages. I've got this little, uh, I did a book of poems for meditation and I, I wrote as sort of simply as I could, the steps of like committing. So you have, you call it to mind this idea. You're like I'm going to be more loving than hateful ever. You call it to mind and you notice how it feels. So not just the logic, but like, how does that actually feel to be more loving than full of hate? Mm. And then you invest your attention in it. It feels spacious. Spacious, yeah. But like you don't, you're not everywhere. You invest your attention in that thing mm -hmm. and then you stay with it. Like when your mind is like, oh, but also this, you're like, no, no, come back, stay with it. Mm. And then make yourself familiar with it. You know, like it's a new room that you've walked into. Oh, okay, well, what's here? And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And then make yourself at home with it it's not just like a room that you've walked in you're like oh, okay i see what's here you're like ah settled in ah yeah being loving not being hateful ah yeah this feels like home and then you identify with it 
like, oh, this is me. I, I am. I'm, I'm that person. I'm a yeah. loving all the time, not hating all the time person until it feels like the ground you stand on until there's no gap between you and it. So that even if you make no effort at all, that quality is still naturally alive in you. And, and at that point, your body holds the idea for you. Mm. You don't need to make the mental effort. You don't need to think about it. The body holds the idea for you. And it means that like, if you're walking down the street, it's just there. Or if someone says, do you want to do this or that? That's the reference point. That's how you decide. You decide in reference to that commitment because it feels like home. In the end, it's just saying, I am going on holiday to the Bahamas. Oh, yeah, I am. You know, to begin with, you're like, well, am I? Oh, I want to. Can you actually say I am? Yeah. I am. I am going on holiday to the Bahamas until you can feel it's true, you know, until you make yourself at home with the idea that I am going on holiday to the Bahamas, you know, until you identify, I am. And then when the other thoughts and stuff come past, you're like, no, no, I am. I'm going on holiday to the Bahamas. It becomes your sort of the thing doing that little bit of extra work. So it's not a thought, but it's a commitment. And then the, the only other bit of it is knowing that you don't have to hold on to that forever now. Hmm. That you can just as easily go, I said I was going to go on a holiday to, to the Bahamas, but actually uh, I've had a better offer. So I am not going on a holiday to the Bahamas. And the same the thing happens in reverse. You like stop feeling at home with it. You stop identifying with it until your body isn't holding it anymore. Oh, okay, I'm not going on holidays to Bahamas. And it doesn't hurt. And that, that's the clarity that I long for. That's the clarity that I practice and teach is to, to kind of see what is desirable in terms of like who you want to be or what you want to do to be able to move it from being a sort of an idea to being an actual commitment that your body holds for you and to live it as long as it's helpful. And then if something else is more helpful to know how to let go of it without any suffering, without any drama, without any big anything, just as simply as saying, I am doing it. I'm not doing it. It took me 55 minutes to understand what you do. <laughs> well, we had other stuff to talk about. <laughs> you mean half an hour? <laughs> yeah, half an hour when we started. I got it. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to laugh. The word clear throws me off. Yeah, you might be right. It doesn't matter. I just, in actuality, if you, it, it, the word that I feel when I hear you say it is embodied, embodied decision making or embodied decision-making isn't even the word I would use. What, what no. I heard, what I, what you did just now is you took me through a meditation in the meditation. I felt myself progressively attached more to a thing that was a thought that I actually would have wanted to see in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like I could, I could, I, if I was, my, I, I kind of was closing my eyes as we were going through this process because I felt myself moving into the house that you were creating for me where I could feel the difference of who I am at any stage of that development 
Mm-hmm. So when when you finally said now you are that house, it it took me back to a, a month ago. I you know I was walking the streets of Amsterdam, and I'm walking the streets. I'm walking 20 kilometers a day, and in a week I said, "Damn it, 20 kilometers a day. That's 140 kilometers a, a, a week." And then I'm like, "440 kilometers a week. I'm walking to Germany basically every day, every every week, or I'm walking to." So I said, "I'd be fascinated to do a trip." So in a way. As as it was like I had the idea, and then and then I started taking I, I I stepped into the house without necessarily knowing what where I was going in 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 that direction. But I, the feeling was I want to take a long journey. I want to take a walking journey, and I didn't know where that was. And then I looked at that map and I saw the coastline of the Netherlands, and and immediately it was maybe I think. 10 seconds after I knew I was going to walk that coastline. I didn't even, I didn't have a discussion. I just, I said, I just need to run the math. Mm-hmm. And then I did the math. The direction was 140 some kilometers from top to bottom. I divided it by seven. And I said, Ronnie, next weekend, I'm walking the West coast of the Netherlands. And we booked the hotels that night. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was the, it was the, the sense of, knowing that this is something I wanted. And it was like the the feeling when you said the embodied feeling, I knew what that felt like the moment I said I committed to it in a way that was like I was compelled. The decision made me. I didn't make a decision. Yeah, I, so this is the thing. Like, I, I think the biggest mistake is uh, is believing that this the sort of work of going from like a need that you feel to an action that you take is in the realm of thinking at all. That it's got any business to do with thinking. Like if you're reading a book and it's telling you some facts about this and this, then that's thinking, you know, like, Oh, that's interesting. No, but like when you're making decisions is about commitments, you know, when you're about to take an action yeah, it's about, does it meet a need that I have? And those commitments aren't held in thought. They're, their commitments it's like a different place that you go to yeah if someone says what's the capital of france think about it you know but if someone says what do you want for dinner it's not the same box yeah you know like you can google search your way through the facts but like no one can tell you what you want for dinner no one can tell you what to do with your life but it's all there held in the commitments that you've made you know in, in what you hold yeah and so it's like it's like using the wrong tool for the wrong job, you know. Like the, um, I there's a big uh, supermarket around the corner from my house, and I was there really late at night about a year ago, and I bumped into a guy I know who's a meditation teacher. Like like people, he's you know he's the the real deal kind of thing, like shiny and and clear, and uh, and he was stood in front of the pasta. And he was like, how do you, it's just like, oh, what do you, you know, there's 150 kinds of pasta. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do when there's, all oh, that's it. you know, that, I'm sorry. I thought you said the pastor, like at the, at the church, the pasta. Sorry. And he's looking at all these, the, all the spaghetti and the, uh-huh. and like that, that one's a kilo. That one's 500 grams. That one's organic. That one's whole wheat. That was like, he's like, I don't know how to, and and I was like, oh, I remember what that's like. Yeah. Standing in the supermarket trying to think your way to the right answer of what is the best spaghetti to buy. But you're using the wrong bit of you. 
because it's you can't google like what's the right spaghetti to buy because yeah. it's not about that it's about yeah you can't listen up here you have to listen in here for like what do i need because yeah. the spaghetti i need tonight is different from the spaghetti yesterday or tomorrow and there's so many commitments that come into it of like the the money or the health or the da 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 of like you know and so uh i when i in that moment with him i was like oh i've forgotten i don't do that anymore yeah like i walk around the supermarket and i'm like do i need that you know and it's still listening but it's like do i need that do i want that and i don't think about whether it's the right thing or not i don't try and do the sort of factual way through it it's like do i need that spaghetti no do i need that spaghetti no do, you know do i need that house mm. do i need that car you know do i want it do i demand it it's like trying to tune into like does this match with my yeah. commitment that's the listening it's yeah. not a it's not a thinking process it's a listening process trying to match the the action of which thing to buy with the commitment we hold inside you know one thing that case one of my favorite quotes from case was freedom is the absence of choice yeah right yeah it's like that no choice and- and, 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 and when he said it, you know, of course, when you say it to somebody, freedom is the absence of choice. No, choice is freedom. That is what free, but it was funny was that, is that when he said freedom is the absence of choice and, um, and, and, and I mm-hmm. often I'll refer to it a lot because when I try to share with someone what that means, it often, it goes back to what Flores coat mentions that trying to explain it takes you away from the experience of what it feels like. Um, but well, I mean, yes and no. I think like uh, it's such a delight to know what you need and, and take the step, you know, and like it's, that is, it's like, it's, this is talking very literally. You free yourself from the tension of holding onto the wrong thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You identified that the- would be a, that would be a beautiful phrase to state that again. You free yourself of holding on to the tension of holding on to the wrong thing. Right. Right. And that's exactly what I feel each time I make the statement I made. Freedom is the absence of choice. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's not a paradox. It's not a kind of weird, crazy thing, but it's literally that you're freeing yourself from a holding on, you know, a useful commitment, holding on to something. But where you're like, oh, this isn't I don't want to hold on to this now. Yeah. You know why I use this a lot? And I think you can identify with this right now as well, right? Bombos, I'm just checking in with Bombos because with what? that statement, because in our journey, there's clients that I just will stop working for because they're not doing things which are from integrity or they're not holding true to commitments or they're going to fail. And I don't want to be benefiting from their failure. So I've already decided that I'm not. So my choice is you might think that me leaving now is actually a bad thing, but actually it's because I'm committed to something bigger than their relationship with you, for instance. So, yeah, I think there's something that comes with it. Like, uh, I feel like the clearer that you get, uh, the sort of, the more you work with integrity, but that can be a real pain in the ass. It makes it, it makes it easier to work with integrity, but that means it makes it harder to work without integrity. Yeah. Which is annoying, you know, because yeah, sometimes I, you might be like, oh, could I just take the job already? You know, like, yeah. no, no. It, there were, I can give you a great example of why I, I look to Bambos during this moment. And sometimes 
I'm going to tell stories on his behalf if I look at his eyes the way that they appear to be. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm just going to assume they're you're still a little bloodshot from waking up. Bambos told me last week that a client called him and said, hey, I want you to take a portrait of my wife as a gift. I'm going to give it to her. And then Bambos, because he he now has clarity on if you give something to someone and they don't expect it nor want it, then you don't want to gift that person something. So mm-hmm. don't. So Bambos says to this individual, hey, I think it's a great idea, but does she know? And And, and the guy says, no, she doesn't. And so Bambo says, listen, I know it might sound weird, but until she knows what she's getting, I would suggest you not give her this gift because I know that people who get gifts that they don't expect nor desire, it's not good for either of you. Yeah. yeah. And me. And him. And him. He knows from experience. Yeah. So so now with that is that awareness and his not accepting just taking money and, and, and the, the, the husband goes to the wife and she said, actually, I didn't want it. No, actually. No. Yeah. She said, I didn't want it. But the fact that the photographer asked you to ask me <laughs> means that I want it because I trust I, his judgment. Yeah. Exactly. Can you imagine that? So that was the exact example was freedom is the absence of choice. In that sense, for me, that would translate into I'm not going to accept money when I know there's going to be a potential issue that people aren't looking at. Mm-hmm. So that was just mm-hmm. to make sure, just to let you know, I don't know if you could equate with that when the story was being told, but that's what I saw in you as, uh, as we were talking about this now. I have to say this show has been really confusing for me uh-huh. because um, the, the whole time we're talking about something, but it's actually something that you don't grasp with your mind, but it's something that you need to experience. A question mark that comes for me, though, as you were speaking is when someone feels that they want something yeah, and they go for it, because you were saying, I want this because it's right for me, but you can get it and just from... Only by getting it, you know if it was right for you or not. Like, how how does that work? Like, I want this relationship, and it feels really good. But because the person hasn't lived and experienced life fully to know what they're saying yes or no to, all of a sudden they get the the thing that they wanted, and then they realize, oh shit, this is not what I wanted. Oh, I see. So. The title of our session today is how to make, how not to make bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, when I read it, I was like, oh, that was not my title. (laughs) I know it wasn't. I'm sorry. We shouldn't discuss that, but I did like it. And, uh, and I was thinking, I don't, I don't think it's that, but I think it's like maybe how to make less, like how to spend less time doing the wrong thing so even the example that i gave charlie i wouldn't see it as a bad thing right we need to go through those things to get that experience so no no no, we don't right sometimes all you need to do is imagine it and in imagining it you're like ah no it's the wrong thing but we don't even do that right it's like um uh I, i love this there was a guy that um on a course, so slow, slow, slow it down for me because you completely lost me. You Sorry. said 
No, you don't. So what did you mean? Can I can I try to address it with them, by the way, Charlie? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Just because I, I, I've been doing the languaging thing with Bambos for a while now, and I'd love to see if I can. So what I hear Charlie saying is, is what I'll often do with people is I will take all of the situations or the decisions they're making. I'll compress it into the reality that they're creating for themselves so viscerally that they can already know what it feels like if they make the decision or continue making the decisions they're making. And in doing that, they don't need to have lived it. They've already had the house that he's creating, which is the I am in that house. And they could say, wow, I'm already living in that house. I don't want to be there. So I don't even need to do that now. So that yeah. would be a skill, I would say. I, I, I see, I'm seeing I don't work very differently than Charlie in some ways. As I, I, I don't believe I do, at least by hearing him speak. But continue now, Charlie. So I, I, I mean, you can call it a skill, but on the one hand, it's just... Being a, an alive human, like if you say, oh, I think I need to go to the shops later, your mind sees in some way, you know, you see yourself in the shop, right? If you're like, oh, I think I should tidy the house, your mind kind of goes through like, oh, where do I need to tidy? Da, da, da. But like we, we have this preview function. Yeah, know? I guess what I'm saying is the better storyteller you are and the more compelling you are, the may easier I think, this is an assumption I make, you make it for another person to imagine the house when they're not able to experience that house on their own? Oh, no, but I think everyone can. Like, I never tell any stories in the work that I do. I just ask people to questions. Okay. And well, sometimes I'll help them have the I am house. So that's all I'm... Um, sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I think we're so good at it naturally, but that we, we sort of learn our way out of doing it. We think, mm -hmm. we, oh, we should be thinking about it. We should have a rational... Thing. But like, if you just entertain the possibility of being there and doing the thing then like we you know like you said about being a five-year-old at the beginning uh bambos yeah so like, you know ask a five-year-old about anything and they know the answer you know if you're like what do you want your party to be like they're like there are clowns and there's this and there's that and we've got like a thousand pink balloons and, da, 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 and they're there already and they can see it and they can feel it yeah but you, know? you can ask a five-year-old do you uh what do you want to eat and they'll eat sweets yeah What's your plan? And then my overdose on sweets. So they'll eat, the, the, if you say, what, what do you want to eat for dinner? They sell cake. Yeah. So what's your point to that, Bamos? Oh, uh, so Charlie says a five-year-old knows what they want. Yeah. Yeah, they know what they okay. want, but it doesn't mean it, it will be in their interest in their to interest. have that. Yeah, yeah. But like, so just the bit that they're good at is not standing the way of seeing imaginary worlds experiencing that experience okay. yes yeah, and fully experiencing it and so like when i take people through a, a, pro, a clearing process that's the first thing i do is say like forget about now like you know what's happening here in current situation forget about how you know the sort of steps and the planning and da, 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 and just go there like imagine you're already there you're already doing this thing you're already running that company you know, you're already running the marathon, you're already whatever it might be. And when you're there, you know, see how it is, feel how it is to be there. And then I ask them the questions. You know, it's like, okay, when you're there and you're doing that thing, is it what you need? Is it what you want? Is it what you demand? Mm. And, and you know, you know, and it's like, it's like the first step of being clear is that kind of listening that means 
you like you can tell you're actually listening to the idea when you can feel it. Like until that point, you haven't really listened to it. Mm. So you don't start the rest of the sort of interrogation of it until you can feel it. You know, when I, if I'm like, oh yeah, I think I'm you know going to get a car. You can you can tell if I haven't felt it yet. You know, and or if someone's pitching a business idea. And they're like, yeah, we're going to open a chain of shops that sell uh, dog hats. You're like, I can tell you haven't actually felt your way there yet. But if someone, you know, the same person, they're like, yeah, we're going to start this chain of shops and we're going to sell dog hats. They're like, oh, I can feel that you've felt it. You know, you're already there. And so, like, we, we, can, we all know how to do it. It's not like a magical sort of mystical skill that you learn. Mm. It's like in from the beginning, you know, when right. you're and so it's just using that skill, remembering to use that skill of like, uh, of saying like, no, I don't have to go through the shit. I don't have to do 10 years of building the wrong company. I don't have to spend 10 years in the wrong relationship. I just need to imagine what it's like, feel it and be like, oh no, that's not what I want. Mm. Like, so the, the example I was going to say, Bangalore, when you got me to slow down a bit, yeah, was, um, a guy was on a course I was running and he said, the thing is I really want to um, uh, buy a house or to buy a house where I can do my work, you know, sort of a home for my work by building. And he's like, and I've wanted it for 14 years or something. And I said, well, you can, do you want to carry on wanting it for another 14 years? Um, or are you going to commit to it? And it's this thing of like, if you say I want to do it, you're saying I'm not doing it. Mm. And so it's like, so what if it, what if you entertain the possibility of it actually being true? You know, so you say I am buying a house for my work Like then you're in it. You're not saying I want to do it. Then it's over there. You're saying I am doing it. You can try it on. And so he did. And he's like, okay, you know, 14 years. I want to buy a house for my, I want to buy a house where I can do my work. I want to buy a house where I want to, okay, try it on. I am building a house. I'm buying a house, building a house where I can do my work. Okay. Is that what you need? No. Uh, is that what you want? No. Is that what you demand? No. All of it? No. And I was like, oh, okay. And so he hadn't seen, cause he, he believed you, well, you have to do it before you can, you know? Mm. So, uh, I said, like, okay. So if that's not what you need, then what do you need? And he's like, I need to have a house where I can do my work. Don't need to buy it. I don't really even want to be involved in that whole process, but I need a place where my work can be done, where it's safe and where it's held. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then he came back literally the next week and the beginning of the call was laughing and laughing and laughing. And I was like, what, what, what? He said, so uh, someone offered to buy me a house this week. And, uh, and it got it. He got what he needed, like, uh, immediately, because his commitment that had been hurting him for 14 years was to the wrong thing. Yeah. He'd been sort of simultaneously, or he'd been committed to two things, mm. the buying a house and not buying a house. Mm. And so by entertaining the idea, by, like, trying on the commitment, instead of having these two things of I must buy a house and I must not buy a house, ended up with the like oh i'm not buying a house i am you know finding a way to have a house then there was nothing he wasn't standing in the way he wasn't pushing it away 
And so it became possible. Mm. I'm not fully with you. And I'm also allowing myself to be okay with that in a way that I don't, that there's some things that I won't understand. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. There's, there's experiences out there that I, I, I can't connect to. You know, I have to say, as you speak, and as we've gone through this, I've understood more and more and more about where it is and how you're working in ways I had never understood before, although we'd spoken a few times. So in some ways, laughingly, I have my own judgment is that, oh, shit, Charlie needs a little bit different marketing in order to refine the messaging. That's my just just stating it outright, because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's shit going on here that I can really identify strongly with. In fact, we have a course or not a course, a, a, a show, which uh, I've talked about now on the last two shows where getting rid of I think and it should and everything and, and all that show is going to be about is everything you spoke about the last 10 minutes. Mm. Because all I've seen is that in the inability to create the commitment, nothing happens and I don't learn and grow. And there's the fallacy that if I commit, I have to stay true to the commitment, which is just, it's just, no, I commit so I can discover how I feel in fulfilling a commitment that then teaches me where else I want to go. Totally. It's like the, um, you're in a clothes shop and someone says, oh, you should try on this suit. It's really you. You're like, no, I'm going to try it on. So like, no, just try it on. No, nah, it's not really me. And they're like, go on, try it. Just entertain the possibility. You're like, all right, fine, I'll try it on. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. So you, yeah. you have to you have to adopt the position in order to be able to see the world from that place. Yeah. And I see, and I, what, what I'm hearing in this time together is that you've basically made more and more of a science or a, an art and a science of creating it so that it becomes, because even as I said it to you, I actually loved when you uh, when you reframed it because I said, "Oh, I'll create the room in their head, right?" So, yeah. w- w- and I, and I, I called it a skill, and I call it a skill because there's a bit of a projection of future which I'll do in my in my um, in my storytelling, and I'll say, "If you continue down this path, this is where it leads." So I'll I'll, I'll create that, and and I'll do it in business where they might not have as much space as you're asking for. And the executive who is at a high level doesn't really want to be coached. So when you're coaching someone on that level, a lot of times you have to be very uh, assertive to sort of create a reality that they can uh, say yes or no to conveniently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you get that. It would be harder for me to engage someone the way you're engaging in this discussion in some of my clients. Because, you know, everyone has their own way of liking to be coached and mentored. I don't get to decide for them how they want to be mentored, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in your case, what I'm hearing, which I find to be very, very beautiful because it keeps more and more of the agency with the individual is that you are giving them the opportunity to run through the questions, which help them embody more and more of a decision that they haven't yet made so they can decide how they feel even before having made that decision. Yeah. So I think like what, I think when I coach someone, mm-hmm. I'm probably more direct than you are. Oh, funny. Okay. Faster. Because what we've spent the last well, hour doing is me explaining it. And yeah, talking. yeah. But if I'm coaching, or if I'm working with someone, not coaching, if I'm working with them, I don't have to explain anything. I just go in and say, well, what do you want to do? What do you want? You know? Yeah. And they tell me, and I say, is it what you want? And then they say, no. 
And I say, well, okay, then what do you want? And then they say, well, it's this actually. And I'm like, well, great. You know, are you, yeah. are you doing it? And they go from like wanting it to going like, well, no. Okay, what's standing in the way of doing it? Well, I'm committed to this other thing. Okay, do you need to stay committed to that other thing? Uh, no, actually. And you're like, okay, fine. So if that's not standing in the way, is anything standing in the way? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so are you doing it? I am doing it. Okay, how are you doing it? Well, by doing this and this. Can you do that? Yeah, okay. Can you do it now? Yeah, okay. Are we done? Yeah, okay, bye. Yeah. Like, there's no explanation, no theory, no... No, no, I got it. And what I'm hearing you say, and what I hear is important in this is that the context is already set. They come to you with a confusion that they're actually wanting to get clarity around. And you're using the clear technique in order to help them make better and more embodied or however you want to say it, decisions. Yeah, I like I think for me, the idea of talking about embodied feels weird because it's like. Well, let me say why. Let me tell you why that word was why I would find it more suitable is if I'm in my head and I don't know why I'm not making a decision and I'm going back and forth, then by you creating the house that we did earlier, I'm going more and more into the house. And what's going on in me is I'm now feeling it. So when I say embodied, I'm saying I now feel what it feels like to be in that house. So I'm not only making a decision, I'm making an embodied decision. I'm actually feeling what it feels like to have made that decision. Yeah. No, I, 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 I I think I know what you mean. Really. I don't know. I don't use your vernacular that feels most connected to my body. I don't know. That's the reason. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, maybe it just doesn't feel separate to me. Mm -hmm. Like if you're dealing with commitments, it's like, well, they're there. Like you're working with commitment. Like it's like you yeah. can't can't hold on to an idea without your body, and so it's either you're it's it, it's either you're li you're you're listening to what you're committed to or you're not. I don't care if you're thinking of it, it being in your body or not. It's like just it's whether you whether you're paying attention to what you're committed to. That's the yeah. thing. You know, you can make a whole bunch of decisions and take actions disregarding what you're committed to, and then you suffer. Yeah. You know, that's the, the like, uh, you know, when you said like the Buddhists say all life is suffering, I don't think that's it. I think it's that all li like life is tension. Yeah. Life is energy. Mm. And when you listen to it, then it's fuel, it's power, and you mm. use it. You don't listen to it, it hurts. You know, it, it it's energy that's pain if you don't listen to it mm. or power if you do listen to it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. If people want more information, where do they go and how do they find uh, like more on this activities? Howtobeclear.com. Yeah. Howtobeclear.com. And on there's a link there, but on Medium, there's like eight years worth of everything I've ever written about it. So I love it. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that way.